Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson. I'm really pleased to be bringing you Season 2 of Handpick, the podcast, where business owners ask me the questions. We've got a fabulous variety of great business owners with really tough questions that'll give you incredible insights. And remember, go back and check out Season 1 if you missed any of those episodes. Well, welcome to this edition of Handpicked, and I'm really excited to be speaking to Melody. Melody Jarvis, who I met, was it last year or the year before? It's all a bit of a a haze, Um, but I loved your business. Uh, Maybe if you tell my listeners a bit about what you do. Lovely. Thank you so much, Naomi. And you did create a lot of impact for me personally with our mentoring and, and the work we did together. So it's an absolute delight to see you again. Yes, so I founded Shop My Town in regional Queensland in Gatton uh, nearly seven years ago, uh, very much as a marketing movement for buying local uh, and, and a regional movement. And so we worked very hard over, you know, four, five years uh, developing that into e-commerce and a marketplace and helping people find products locally, while also telling these business owners stories through social media and and reminding everyone who was their local crowd and their local business heroes to support. Uh, So that was, um, I guess, where we last were working together was the Shop My Town uh, vision and, and how we could take it further and take it further we did. So now we have rebranded as Shop My Nation, Shop My Nation, and we'll be taking that um, with a bit of a tour across Australia this year. How amazing! I remember saying to people, the philosophy is, you know, I do want to buy online, but I also want to support local. So if I want to give a gift to my cousin in Toowoomba, she's still waiting for this gift, by the way. Uh, if I want to give a gift to my uh, my cousin in Toowoomba, why not buy from a store in Toowoomba and have it delivered locally? It's good for the planet good for the local stores uh, and good for the community. And I must admit, I promote and talk about the importance of small businesses working together in marketplaces. And of course, you're enabling that through your platform, which is really exciting. Now, what questions do you have for me? And just so people know, I met Melody last year as part of a mentoring program where we were actually in a formal mentoring relationship and I was working with you on growing your business. And now we're doing it publicly and people can actually hear what we talk about, which is kind of fun. So what what have you got for me now? Lovely. So look, I really am very curious as to what you say and your answers. So we'll start um, with the first one. So what do you believe needs to change to help people support local? I know we all want to, but what do you think stands in the way and if we changed it, it would help really produce those results of dollars going to local? Sometimes it's just habit and it's what is easy. So I recently bought at an online store and the service was and it's a a a big brand and i would expect it to be as seamless as amazon is and it just wasn't and so and at every point it was clunky so just because you're buying local doesn't mean that you want less customer service yes we want intimacy yes we want to build relationships but you've got to work on your customer journey and you want and people want to be treated that way and there's no reason why you shouldn't be investing in listening 
listening to your customers and also customer relationships and customizing offers. Uh, so first, you've got to change behaviors and habits, but when they get there, it's it has got to be seamless. The whole bar has has risen and it is not going to return. Um, and I'm pretty tired of local businesses saying, but it's COVID, it's really hard. You know, no, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. And I'm going, really, come on. Now is the time to really win people. Um, And I I know it's hard and I know it's hard to find people and all sorts, but we cannot keep using COVID as as an excuse for what is uh, can be quite poor service. No, and that is, it's hard for them. And I really appreciate what you said because uh, some of them are treating this as a wake-up call and diving in and getting innovative and changing things. Uh, So... I love that advice. I think that's super important and the customer experience is just expected. That's normal now, isn't it? It is. And that's for businesses too. There was a time where businesses used to uh, procure uh, through whole procurement departments. Now they want the same level of customer journey as they're getting from online stores and often businesses are buying using their credit cards and I do know that businesses want to support Australian produced product and the easiest easiest way that they can find those so being able to find product is really interesting knowing that the quality is going to be okay having the customer journey and the trust such as refunds or replacements if things are broken are really really important so these are the fundamentals and it's not just for individual customers it's also for corporate customers yeah beautiful thank you so much that's i am writing it all down as if we were in a coaching session (laughs) (laughs) it's okay we'll give you the recording (laughs) oh lovely and look the next one is really um flows off that nicely so have you how have you seen e-commerce adding value to bricks and mortar retail and do you have anything where you've seen a case study of someone doing it best and and why i'm trying to get people to shift the way they think about bricks and mortar to thinking of it as a showroom thinking of it a place where you build relationships and intimacy so that then people can transact in a different sort of way Um, there was a shoe store in Melbourne I don't know if it's still there Uh, I haven't been to Melbourne for a very long time but and it was wonderful because you'd go in and you'd see all of the different substrates um, you'd see the different styles you'd try them on in your size but then they would manufacture them and send them to you and you got them about eight or ten weeks later they were coming from Italy Um, and and it was just this notion of you know, what is it? Why do you need bricks and mortar? And it's often if it's tactile or if it's sensory and you're wanting to build that. Uh, and the last thing that we want is for people to go in and have a look at a showroom and then just going online and finding it cheaper or cheaper. So building, what is the exclusivity? What is the artisan factor? What is the boutique um, element? And boutique is such a beautiful word because it's actually what people are looking for. So when we shift the notion of what is a retail outlet and why is it that people will go there, many people go to retail outfit just to talk to someone. 
just wanting to shoot the breeze and uh, have their opinions on things and for the social social interacting, especially in, in smaller communities. And I li- uh, where I live in Sydney is a village. It's called a village. And I love the intimacy of knowing the shopkeepers, having a chat to them, how's business going. And so I get far more than just what they have in store because I could buy online. So I love that. But if we shift our view of what is bricks and mortar, then um, online becomes and execution and it's the way that we build the lifetime value if they're not going in store is making sure that we say hey this just came in it would suit you like the number of people who, who I'm on their list for sending red dresses to I've got you know oh we've got a new red range send it to Naomi so knowing what your customers are looking for and then you know then sending it to them that's what they're looking for from their like people you know they still want to be known oh that's beautiful and look that's the whole reason we are building a marketplace and scaling with shop my nation is that we know people are really missing and and lacking in their enjoyment of life when they're not connected to those local business owners and those relationships. That's why we started. And we really think, you know, we've seen the video shops close and for a lot of older people that was what they did on a Friday night, that conversation with a human as to what videos were at. That was part of their social network and what gave them Um, some very lonely people, a bit of interaction. We're all poorer without it and it is the unique selling point of those bricks and mortar retailers if they view it like that. Yeah, it so so is. So think about a showroom. Think about if you were going to invest in an exhibition or a pop-up, the energy and the effort you'd take. You know, a a glass of water when somebody arrives, having a chair for somebody to sit in if they've been on their feet all day, a bowl for the dog at the door, you know, somewhere where you can, you know, put the dog's lead on, making it really easy for people to come in. These little things make the world of difference. Less is more as well. You know, one or two elements that people can see really beautifully laid out, can touch it, feel it, and then um, and then order and have it delivered to home. So I wanted to touch on um, the vast experience and the learnings that you have um, as a founder of Red Balloon and just tap into that because it actually helped us and you shared some of this Um, that you were able to with the mentoring side of things. What are some of the things that Red Balloon is really known for and influences trust um, with your customer in choosing their experiences? And, you know, this is something I think as I'm founding and starting and growing something, being given a little bit of your top trust kind of aspects with Red Balloon that, that we can all learn from as well would be fantastic. Yes, um, one is just consistency. You know, it's 20 years on and uh, here, yeah, I know, (laughs) it's 20 years um, and always looking after the experience of the experience and knowing that you're only ever as good as your last experience and kind of living, living and breathing that and being deeply curious and listening for insight and understanding. So I think that's good. But brand is also built through association. It's how people talk about you. So how do you get people talking? Uh, what do you want them to say about you? And then 
feeding them the stories. So if there's one thing you know, if you've followed me for a while, my story's the same as it was when it started. Hasn't got much better. You know, she was walking through Martin Place with her balloons. You know, if the story has not improved and it doesn't matter. You know, I might be really sick of telling it, but it gives people a sense of that's her, that's safety, um, you know, that's the red dress. We know what we can count on it for. So I realised in building a two-sided marketplace, I had to build trust. The only way I could do it when I had no money was to to build a personality. And whilst I've never stuck myself on, on that website, people often think I have. You know, I haven't, I haven't been the brand ambassador, but I've always sat in the background and I've always gone out and met people. And last year in COVID, the one thing I did was get out and speak to customers. I didn't actually. I stayed at home and just dialed them on Zoom and Teams. Mm. Uh, I didn't, but I, I went back into the business. I headed up our corporate sales team. And the reason I did that was because it gave me an excuse to speak to anybody, anytime, and just understand what was going on in their business and maybe connect them and help them with something else. One of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to profile smaller businesses in Australia, to put them on a platform, to let people see them. And that's how you build brand. So your job is to execute exactly the, what you've promised, your promise over and over, and to find other ways of, of building those networks um, with trust and through brand association. And that's and it just takes time. Like, you know, people go, wow, the red balloon story. It's a 20-year story. It didn't happen with one set of balloons in Martin Place, let me tell you. <laughs> now it's against the – did you see in Victoria? It's against the law to set off balloons. We have, we have never, ever released one balloon to promote the business because it's always been, it's always been bad for the environment. Um, and there's a worldwide shortage of helium. There's two facts you didn't know. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> well, at least you um, knew what you stood for from the start and... Yeah, it's really great to have that reminder and there's been um, feedback over the years for us at times, oh, you've been going for this long and it doesn't feel like that long for me. I am very patient and I know, I know what I want to achieve and I still also feel the urgency of the small business need uh, and it takes time to get something that's a good product, that's good enough to grow it. People also love the story, Melody. And the vividness of the story. So when you say, and I know we've talked about this before, but when you say we've connected X number of businesses with X number of people, and because of that, these small businesses, or when you tell the story about the leather handbag store here who has customers over here that they never could have found themselves they want to know the vividness of the story and I have always told vivid stories about the experience you know the man who was driving his father to his 84th birthday party I tell those stories and the reason why I tell them is because people remember the story and you know people knew that our big hairy audacious goal was about changing gifting in Australia forever and we had a number and where was we where were we up to on that scoreboard so those store each one has a story and telling those stories over and over reminds people of the value that you are delivering and connecting retailers to audiences that they couldn't otherwise find and creating community. Yeah, beautiful. Telling vivid stories. Vivid I've stories. written that down yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs>
I've got my uh, final question here and I'm really curious to hear your opinion on it. So do you believe, and there's been a bit of talk about this and it has happened in the past after these um, terrifically challenging times, do you believe we'll have an innovation boom in Australia following this period of hardship? Do you, crystal ball there, do you think there's a bit of an innovation boom coming our way? Always. Absolutely. Scarcity breeds innovation. Scarcity creates ideas. Australians are resilient and they will look at doing different things different ways. They'll look for new markets, new audiences. And um, I know for a fact that uh, somebody I work with had, had worked with a small manufacturer in China for a very, very long time. Lovely family business. And through this time, they haven't been able to get consistent delivery and they had to go and look somewhere else. So they looked in New Zealand and found incredible supply. So we just, and cheaper, uh, but better quality and closer. So um, what this is a real opportunity for people to question every part of their business, their systems and processes. And one of the things that we did uh, last year, we said, there is nothing sacred. Because once you've been in business for 20 years, people we did something for some reason and people even forgotten that reason. Might have just been convenient at the time or there wasn't technology. So one of the things is that we are saying there is nothing sacred. And that has allowed innovation to go further into the organisation. And people say, why do we do this? We could do it this way. Or here's an application. Why don't we do that? Um, and it's up to us as leaders to make sure we're listening for that. So I am very buoyant and optimistic with Australian ingenuity. We always have been a nation of inventors and it will continue. I love hearing that. And we need that hope right now because it can feel overwhelming and hopeless and like there won't be an end. So we really need to hear that right now. And I'm so happy that you have that opinion. No, I do. And I know it and I feel it and I see it and, and I'm, I am buoyant and, um, and, you know, out of this, we will actually be uh, stronger and um, more self-reliant. And I, I, one of the things that I am doing, which I really think is important, is supporting young people. So the future of work is different. What work will look like? And there will be far more entrepreneurs uh, and they and people will need to be resilient and risk takers. As such, we need more entrepreneurs coming out of schools. So I'm um, an ambassador for the Aspire program. Wonderful. And which is um, Australian schools program for entrepreneurs and residents. So if you want to be an entrepreneur in residence, Melody, we'll connect you with a, a local school. And so you go and you just show them what's possible so that they can see entrepreneurs as a career uh, and that we get on the careers agenda. Absolutely. So, um, so that's one of the things that I'm doing and I think it's important because our society is changing. It is changing and I have a very young team here in Ipswich and the things that they do, especially when I'm not here, just blow my mind. I go away for a few days and I think, oh, how are they going to handle all of this? I come back and I think I should do that every week because they come up with the most marvellous ideas and I they blow my mind every single day. And, yeah, I think that if any of these young people I've hired knew what they'd be doing when they're in high school, they'd feel so much more hopeful, but it was never presented to them like your work for a startup in Ipswich. Who would have thought? So yeah. 
and that they feel the the impact and that they know when they go home they made a difference to our community and it's what we want more than anything is to know that the work our toil that it was valued and that we were respected for it and so I think it's really really important um, I took myself out of planning a long time ago because I found that if I was in planning meetings everybody would wait to hear what I had to say and that was never going to be the best way to get ideas I can have a look I can add my value later but allow the percolation the ideas to just run without out being everyone kind of looking going what does she think you know oh, what do I know I've just taken myself out of morning meetings that's very good feedback and um, we're planning a few things to help us scale right now so I might follow that advice and remove myself from those meetings too <laughs> but what a wonderful conversation Melody it's been so great to see you again we've covered a plethora of subjects the importance of customer in the notion of um, showrooms which is retail versus online it actually is a wonderful melding uh, we've talked about scale and growth and we've talked very much about making sure that we get out of our own way as founders and look it's so good to chat about innovation and the next generation to be truly optimistic about the growth that is possible for this country and for others uh, we are on the cusp of incredibly great things but we need to get out of our own way so thanks so much for coming on Handpicked. For those listening, uh, you might have found value in this episode or go back and listen to some of the others. But if you like it, please rate it, review and refer to someone else because who knows who you could make a difference with just by sending this podcast Handpicked to others. Thanks for coming on the show, Melody. See you soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs>